Hello and welcome to see it. I just did it. Hello and welcome to the Real Superhero Project. My name is Brandon Nichols. My co-host is Zol Lopez. How you doing today, Zol? Hola, me amo es. Ah, no, wait, that's my name is. <laughs> no, like, no I'm, I'm doing good. Doing good. It's Monday. Um, taxes are taken care of and things are going to turn out better than I thought. And uh, we are that much closer to in the game. So, uh, yes, all I, in I, all, very good. I just looked it up. 11 days. By the time this releases, it'll be nine days till in game. I'm pumped. I'm so ready. And and I got my tickets this weekend. We're going to be in the very back top right corner of a smaller theater, but I didn't give a shit because it was the it was it's going to be just me and my wife at 10:30 a.m. on the Saturday of release. But you're going opening night or Thursday night? Well, I mean, it's opening night uh here is is Thursday night and um so funny thing is is like I went to go see Infinity War, I think whenever it came it came out Thursday. I went Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I saw it like all four days in a row. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, oh, okay, well, that weekend I don't have my kids. I'm going to I'm gonna bachelor it up. I thought about, you know, going to the bigger city to go watch it. And because and, I'm not used to in this smaller town, your ability to reserve a seat. All the showtimes that I'm looking at for, for the theaters I'm wanting to go to are almost practically all sold out or they're like very front row, which I refuse to watch a movie that long looking straight up. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you and I can both attest to the fact that if you don't have your in-game tickets yet and you want to go opening weekend, uh, either A, do it now and hope and pray that you can get a decent seat or B, uh Go to a small town in Podunk, Kansas, or Missouri, because that's probably going to be your only chance of getting a decent seat. So there were there were only two places that I found that had decent seats. One was in my my local theater, um, but it was a 4D showing. And I don't know if you've ever seen or been to one of these. I haven't, but I have. I know people who have, and all I ever hear are horrible things about going to 4D movies because like the seats move and there's all sorts of shit involved. Have you ever been to one of these type of movies? No, I haven't, but I've heard a lot of great things about it. See, and like the people I've talked to have been like, I don't know, it's a little rough. And I've got back issues and I'm like, I'd rather not. But the only other showing that I could find on the day we were wanting to go on Saturday, um, we're, me and my wife are going at 1030 a.m. Uh, locally. And they were doing it because this is going to be our anniversary day, even though it's like three days before our anniversary. But um, my my sister's going to watch her kids and we're going to just having good little basically day because we're going to have four and a half hours between eating and watching the movie. But the only other theater I could find was um, down in Grain Valley, Missouri, about 35 minutes drive. And they did not have um, reserved seating. So buy your ticket. And I'm like, you know, I could do that and then just get there really freaking early. But there is something I've come to really enjoy about having a reserved seat. And yeah, I just went with it. <laughs> yeah, no, I and I completely agree. I think uh, whenever actually I saw Infinity War, we took the family to uh, the IMAX in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that was the first time I'd ever bought reserved seating. And it was nice. There was no rush. There was no panic. We got to go through uh, the line. We took our time. I mean, it, it was very nice. It was, it was a calming effect. That's for sure. But um, yeah, if, if you haven't, done that yet in terms of just even getting tickets because it's so rare i remember back in the day back in my day back when the you know the midnight showings we, we would have we'd see stories in the news about uh the weirdos or the or the supposed weirdos that you know they quit their job 
to sit in front, you know, in a tent to be the first one to get to the movie theater so they could get the best seat to watch the movie. Um, you don't hear that too many or too much now. You rarely hear about sellouts on opening night. I think uh, with this movie, obviously, with all the hype from the last one moving into this one and with what they've accomplished here, th this is... Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this might be the last time we ever see something like this in terms of a mass pop culture phenomenon, uh, given that that in today's world, the movies are readily available and, um, you know, the, those size number of screens, we just I, I'll be hard pressed if we ever see an event like this again. If, you know, the Star Wars trailer dropped over the weekend and it's like it's really funny because everybody was like talking about how all the. Uh, all the records that Endgame broke, and then somebody made a, a fairly accurate statement is uh, in the fact of well, yeah, until the next Star Wars movie goes on sale, which I would agree with that to an extent. Other than the fact that well, this might and I and I guess you know Rise of Skywalker may be an exception because it's it is supposed to be the definitive end of the Skywalker saga and the entire nine movie run. But having said that, I don't know. There's nine movies as opposed to 22 movies the, the the culmination of 22 movies more or less and i don't know i think the event in of itself is a little bit bigger than that of star trek and i or star wars and i oh i'm gonna get i'm gonna get yelled at for that one um for all the haters i like star trek more than star wars too so keep let the hate mail flood in <laughs> but the uh but yeah i just i don't see until until they do another 22 movies, it culminates in another big story. I don't see anything matching it in terms of pure sales or everything right out the gate and hype. No, and, and I think the one thing that hurts Star Wars right now, especially, is because of the way that Episode 8 just left a massive stain in everyone's mouth. I mean, there, there's no hype. It's, even the trailer, that you know, there was not that big of a... The, the the excitement's gone the deflation they are as opposed to where you know the mcu's just been this this steamroller building pressure each and every film yes it, it's generational and there's this is the end of the star or the skywalker saga but right now it's having to get back a lot of steam that it lost i love the trailer i know we're going to talk just briefly about it uh here here momentarily but i'll say this is that the hype the thing that probably hurts star wars the most is because of the way episode eight was received and um and right now you know everyone was like <gasps> you know within game or with infinity war how are they gonna you know where is this going how are they gonna wrap this up who's gonna die who's gonna live how are they gonna get them back and this and that there's a lot of unresolved um uh, there's a lot of interest, a lot of positivity going into it. Whereas with episode nine, it's like, okay, so uh, how the hell are they going to fix this mess? You know, are they going to go say, oh, well, it was all a dream now. Anyway, so here's what really should have happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know, but that, that is a really good point. It does have to rebound from the reception that the last Jedi received. So that, that does hinder it. Um, speaking of reception, I'm going to go ahead and jump in the news here. Uh, how about that Hellboy reception? Ouch. <laughs> that Ouch. Was, yeah, that was rough. Like, like I knew a buddy of mine had tweeted out like, 
hey, so the fact that the embargo hasn't lifted on Hellboy, it can't be a good sign, right? And I didn't even think about that because typically, like, especially in video games, if they don't drop the embargo until, like, the day before the game releases, like, everyone's like, oh, God, probably want to avoid that game. It's not going to be great reviews. And more times, more often than not, it, it it's usually mediocre to poor reviews. Um, and, I, and, you know, that was always, like, the thing, like, going into Justice League was, like, well, when are they going to drop the review embargo and aquaman and wonder woman like because dc had been struggling a little bit and with um, the public reception and like that was always the big thing and so like i was like i don't always think of it with movies because i'm a gamer and i think over video games but when he said that i was like hmm that's a that's a pretty valid point like the movie opens in like three days and the review embargo isn't or four days at the time and the, it wasn't dropped and then um I, a buddy, the buddy of mine that's a critic, um, or no, actually it wasn't him. It was somebody else that I know that gets to see, gets pre-show things a lot to go see movies real early. I just asked him if he got, um, I said, Hey, did you get to go see Hellboy early? And he goes, yes. I said, and, and he just sent me like five thumbs down emojis. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay. Like it's gotta be like, and in my head, I know it's like something tells me if I see it, which I'll probably see I'll Netflix it or red box it or something i have a feeling it'll probably end up being like one of those how i envision and go with like the expendables it's probably just gonna or like the transformers it's just gonna be a whole bunch of action and shit blowing up and i'll probably just be like just take me on a ride and let's see what happens but man it does it does hurt knowing that they just stuck with del toro stuck with pearlman stuck with everybody else that was involved and not tried to reboot it and do whatever the hell it is they were doing this probably would have been a much better movie and just as a whole just made a shit ton of money yeah and you know there there is such a thing where you try to be so different you try to go try to um make your own imprint so much and you try too hard that it that it's evident that nothing nothing works and i think that this is the case here with with Hellboy, I'm not really shocked by it because th- not only that, but Ron Perlman was still beloved as as uh, Big Red, and so th- this 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 was like doomed to fail from the get go. It's kind of like, okay, well, you know, you're you're gonna take the proverbial uh, hammer to the head, and uh, you know, the next one up is gonna be the the home run hit. But you know, I I don't know, I don't know what to make of this. I, I I'm still kind of baffled as to why the hell they would do this, but um, you know, that that's why people get paid to make much more tougher decisions than me. Yeah. Um, I, they have, I don't think it's released um, internationally yet. I bet they'll get some good money in China just because they're China's good at giving films that are just obnoxiously big, some cash, but at the same time, it's, it only goes so far. So in its first domestic, I don't I mean to laugh at it, so the movie was at a $50 million budget, and according to Box Office Mojo, over the weekend, opening weekend, it made $12,045,147 domestically. That's rough. <laughs> so <laughs> I... Just slightly. Uh, just slightly, which sucks because, you know, it's hard. I'm, I'm one of these people where I know the amount of people that go into making something, that busted their ass and do it. And I'm sure it's and in like Mila jo- Jovovich, I think I said her last name right. She even said that she it's hard to take the negative reviews when knowing that everybody 
busted their butt to try to put forward the the best thing that they could but right i, th- I think when something's just doomed to fail to begin with when, when everything fell apart with the the normal crew i think i think it just it, it put itself in a huge hole so <clears throat> but um so that came in i think that was number three over the weekend number one over the weekend again was shazam so uh zachary levi and those guys are knocking it out of por- out of the park they made Oh, I missed what they made over the weekend, but they are currently up to domestically $94,226,527. Um, their worldwide is at $258 million plus. So they've they've um, a little more than doubled their um, their budget at a $100 million budget, which doesn't seem like much with one of these big superhero movies, but they, they really weren't. I mean, it was effects heavy because obviously you have people running around and stuff, but that's pretty low budget considering like, I don't even remember what all the, the infinity war and all the normal Avengers stuff were, but like the DC movies, like usually all have like upwards of two to 300,000 or three, two, two or two or $300 million budgets. So, I mean, it, it might be considered, there might be people who say, Hey, it only made, it's currently only sitting at 258 million, but, for what it is and the reviews it's getting and and the reception of it i mean it's a win it's not really a failure in my opinion no and and they did a great job not only in marketing this but really protecting the film um because with it being three let's see what about five weeks out from infinity or from endgame i mean if it you know the fact that it's still pulling in this much money um you know after its release and you know, it's probably going to take number one for one more week. So you get four, you get a solid month of great publicity, and then you roll into um, in game. You know, you're yeah. like, okay, hey, you know, we had our run at it. We've got some great uh, pos- positivity finally going for our extended universe. It's all good now. Whereas the opposite end of it, they could have easily said, oh, well, you know, everyone's just talking about in game, you know, just uh, we put together a solid film. I mean, they really did a great job at insulating this film, uh, barring some sort of Hellboy catastrophe that uh, they they were in a no no lose situation. They were either going to make their money or they had an an escape uh, and, and out. So, you know, kudos to DC for for marketing this, not just doing a great job with Levi Johnson and, and the marketing out there to make sure that they get into the casual and um, comic book fans, but also position it to where, you know, they can sit here and say, look, we had a film that most, I'm going to assume that it's going to be number one next week. Um, you know, we had the number one film domestically and we eventually went into to a f- uh, movie that's probably going to be one of the highest grossing movies of all time. There's no one that was going to be able to stop it and uh, we're happy with it and we're going to move forward. We, we, we're going to take this po- uh, momentum and, and move forward for it. So um, I'm excited to see now that makes it two in a row for the DCEU with um aquaman and shazam so uh, obviously starting to get some much needed uh steam rolling forward for their side of the cinematics uh universe and uh, looking to, to carry that over i think what the next one for dceu is going to be wonder woman jo- joker 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 that's right. well no, i mean in it because oh, shazam well, falls into the right, dceu right, right. with right Justice so yeah it'll, it'll, be, it'll be wonder woman in december okay all right so yeah, and they uh, 
well, and you know, it's one of those things because like, and I meant to talk about this last last episode, but The Rock was did a little thing on an interview where he was talking about um, the he's they're hoping to get the Black Adam movie started um, by this time next year and filming, and how um, initially the Shazam movie was supposed to be a Shazam and Black Adam movie, but after they they kind of looked at it and realized that the the history and background of both characters kind of deserve their own telling um so they're gonna they're gonna work on so they were just decided to do shazam get his story out there do black adam get that out there and move on and i know they've already written or they've already greenlit shazam 2 they're expected to do um the same writer has agreed to come back the guy that wrote the first one um the uh what's really interesting to me though is i feel like are they gonna are they gonna try to get shazam 2 out before black adam like is like i don't i'm curious as how they're gonna handle it because they're also working with a whole bunch of child actors and at some point they're gonna look older than they are in the the movies and they're also gonna need to be like you know I, the, you always you're always rushing that clock like with harry potter when you know you know they were supposed to be x age but by the time they finished the last movies all those kids were in their like mid to late 20s and they had to finagle a whole bunch of stuff so like they have a very short window to do another shazam movie and do a black adam movie and do a movie with both of them together see so, that's where you're wrong because really? clearly you have not seen the anti-aging process that they have oh. now it's amazing at what they can do yeah. Marvel, I'll tell you what, there's still one of the creepier things I've ever seen is the beginning of Civil War, yeah, Civil War, because that whole opening thing with freaking Tony Stark was just, what the hell am I looking at? Like, that's that's 20-year-old Robert Downey Jr., I think. Like, how did they do that? And they even did it, so um, I finally got, and we'll talk about this when we do the rankings, I got to watch Ant-Man and Wasp over the weekend, and even at the beginning of that, they kind of did it a little bit with Michael Douglas when they were showing the the backup scenes from um, earlier in, in his life with him and his wife. I don't. They, yeah, but, but okay. DC can't remove a mustache on one little <laughs> 20 minute or like, like 30 second clip. Are they going to be able to, you know, de de age a whole bunch of kids in a movie if they need to All right, for, fair a tall, enough. <laughs> for a whole movie. Um, yeah. That, that makes me a little nervous. Um, so as for if, it, if it's number one this week, I think it will be because there's, I'm looking at the releases for this movie for this next week, uh, a penguins documentary that ain't going to do anything. Um, project X, which I don't think I've ever even heard of. Um, little woods. Haven't heard of that one. Someone great. It's a comedy. Um, Kalank is a documentary. That's not going to give any numbers. The only real challenger is the curse of Lala Lor- of, la llorona which is a horror flick which actually kind of looks like it might it might have some legs to it but i don't think it's gonna outdo shazam especially because i know shazam's getting a lot of great word of mouth so yeah i think it gets one more good solid weekend before endgame hits and i you know like i said it's a, it was a short window and i think they did the best they could with it um i think that's it for my no no real quick ian glenn jorah momont Mormont from Game of Thrones casted to play Batman slash Bruce Wayne in the Titan show. Now, I know you haven't watched Titans yet, and I'm going to work that out with you because once we start doing our movie reviews, we've, we're going to have you watch some DC Universe stuff because I want to get your take on Titans. I love this casting because in Titans, 
this is an older Bruce Wayne. This is um, so the the whole I guess a little bit of spoilers here, even though it's not really much. The whole first season of Titans is is Dick Grayson going out on his own, and he's been removed for about a year or more. So, and it's kind of him transitioning into what eventually I think in the next season will be Nightwing. But like he's like one of his biggest issues through the whole first season is the fact that he was dealing with a, a more violent esque Batman and he was adapting to his style and he was starting to feel it and he didn't want to become that person. Um, so it, it's kind of got that old, old man, Batman feel to it. And uh, man, Ian Glenn, I think would be a good old man, Batman. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah. You know, I, I did watch, I would watch the previews of Titans. And again, it's one of those that I wanted to sit down and watch just um, had things going on that I, I couldn't and not the resources to do that. But from, I was curious enough to see what that episode was with um, of, uh, of Batman being in there where, you know, it looks like Batman has finally snapped and went on the killing spree and, and this and that. And so, yeah, I think with, with what they're, the tone that they're setting for there, I like that, that casting, uh, it'll be interesting to see what season two brings. It, it, it's got enough of my interest to where once I find a weekend and I actually remember to sit down and, and watch it, um, I will, uh, it'll probably be the first show that I binge watch. Well, I'll, uh, we'll make sure you get it watched before season two starts so that we can talk about that. Um, so, yeah, that's really all I got. Um, let's talk a little bit just real quick. The only real trailer that we that came out was the um, Star Wars, not Trek, Star Wars trailer. Um, so as I imagine, you're, are you a little bit more of a Star Wars fan than I am, I would imagine? Because I'm not I'm kind of a lukewarm, casual Star Wars fan. Yeah, you know, I I, I'm not, I wouldn't consider that I dive deep into the whole universe and mythos and all that, but I, you know, I've, I've followed the stories enough uh, from now what will be nine films to consider myself a fan of it. And, um, you know, I'm probably one of the few people that actually enjoyed episode eight because I the angry Luke, I we all have that point where we all have that that hopeful teenage vibe eventually when we're put into a world where we have to take responsibility um something happens to us where you know we become jaded to to our pr principles and morals and sometimes we need to have someone come in and and show us the way so to speak and i and i get it i i get the other side of it where you know luke is this optimistic and he's supposed to be the you know no matter what like i get it but also, too, I like this take on Luke, and especially considering that you had one more film to go, it's like, what what were you gonna do? I mean, look at Yoda. Yoda was the the freaking uh, Jedi leader, Jedi master, and even he, I mean, he went into hiding. So I, I don't get how you can sit there and say, oh, you know, crap all over Luke for doing this. But you know, hey, Yoda, he was cute, and and uh, you know, who can blame him? So you know, that being said, um. I, I, you know, episode eight, I had its problems with me for sure. Outside of Luke, Luke was the furthest problem for me. But the the trailer, trailer got my interest. It, it made me go, okay, all right, I'm digging this because there was so much. It's like, you know, okay, they they've taken away a lot of the the steam and momentum that they had built, and now they only have one last uh, movie to wrap this whole thing up so you can't get too long-winded um but yet 
you, you have some parts to play with. And I, I, I think if anyone's going to do it, it's JJ Abrams. And so um, I'm, I'm excited. It, it definitely restored my faith into where they're headed. I like so far what I've seen. I'm cautiously optimistic after one trailer. I, and you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I've, I've always said, and I've always caught shit for it. I am not the biggest star Wars fan. By the time I was introduced to star Wars, it was like right before the prequels started coming out. And by the time I had seen star Wars, I, you know, it, I had seen cooler special effects and I had seen movies that just seemed way more interesting to me. And when I, my, I remember my first impression of star Wars, I watched it. I want to say about, I don't know two months before episode one came out and I was like, meh, I didn't see anything special. And I remember going, it's more disappointing that, that anybody would think of. And this, I actually almost got into a, a fist fight with a buddy of mine over this because he's such a die. He was such a diehard uh, start Wars fan was I said, it kind of upsets me that people think of Mark Hamill for this and not the Joker. <laughs> and right. he, he was like what are you talking about and like i was like well because mark hamill's the joker he's no other character in any type of media and he goes no he's he's luke skywalker i'm like eh, i'd rather not think of him as luke skywalker and um he just it was it's just one of those things where and then i i enjoyed the prequels it was like hey this is kind of cool because it was by the time i had seen the prequels it was more in line of like visually what i expected out of a movie and i thought there was just a little more to chew on than the original three. And so and I'm not completely knocking the original three movies because I, you know, for what they were, and I understand that at the time they were all state of the art, top of the line, great storytelling at the time. It's just by the time it got to me, it wasn't to me. Um, and that's, that's my opinion. Um, but um, so like when the new, the, when the new set of three started coming out, um, you know, well, what was episode seven? I forgot the name. My brain just shut off. Of course you would. You you would do that to me. Uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I enjoyed The Force Awakens. I could tell you right off the bat that I was watching New Hope, but I was okay with it because for me, it was New Hope told better. Um, <laughs> and, and I said that when I walked out of the theater, I saw that with two of my best friends and they both looked at me and went, it was a rehash of New Hope, but the words that you just said don't even make sense. And I'm like, I'm just telling you, that was my opinion. Um, I liked the last Jedi. I did have issues with the last Jedi, but I think that, I think my issues were just normal issues. People have with type movies, you know, um, one of my bigger issues was me being mortified at the blue milk. That just kind of like, I didn't need that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that was awkward. Like my, I went to go tell a friend of mine who was like, wanted to know, or a woman I work with, actually, she was like, you know, what, so what, what was the whole deal? What happened with the blue milk? And I was like, mm -mm, I'll let you deal with that. You're already, I will, I will let you handle that in your own way, in your own time when you see it. And she came into work the next Monday and she was like, I could have gone my whole life without that. And I was like, mm. so that's kind of where I was with it. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, it ended, I liked the way it ended. Um, I'm, I'm a conspiracy conspiracy theorist. I don't think Luke's dead. I'm just, I don't, it's just one of those things. Like I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they changed it. I also, am one of these people that will argue like everyone bashes rain Johnson for the movie. But for me, I'm like, you don't think they plotted out the entire last trilogy before they started filming. It was like, look, here's the, here are the last three movies. 
these are the these are the main plot points for all three movies and then you write it so like i i feel like the last movie was the movie it was supposed to be it was just told by rain johnson and his way of doing it i don't think it would have been any i I think the only thing that would have been different is the method of which it was told and the way it was written because it would have been a different director so like i don't understand why everybody piles on rain johnson about it disney's not going to invest that much money into a new trilogy without already knowing where they're going with it so um having said that i am a huge jj abrams fan and i'm sure i will like uh rise of skywalker way more than i will like um the the first movie or the second movie um the i thought the little backflip thing to start uh against the um the fighter that flew by was a little absurd uh, <laughs> i get that i get that she's a badass but i was like eh, are we really going there with this like i don't know but that um that was about the only thing that really like made me go eh. but the rest really? of, I, I liked I liked it because it shows that her, because obviously there's going to be some sort of a time jump in this to to um, accentuate the rise and the evil. But I loved it because it goes to show that she's acquired uh, her her love her power level has gone up. She's acquired more skills, and uh, so it's kind of like, oh, okay, so now she can do this. If she can, you know, she can flip over a Tie Fighter or fighter jet. What else can she do? Well, it's see, and, and it might be good in context. I just, I don't know. I felt like it was, I felt like they were going, let's, what's something we can put in the trailer that would make people go, holy shit. And I felt like that was the only point of it, but that was just me. Um, it did kind of have a feel like, like a Lord of the Rings, like, hey, we're all going on a big adventure together across land and sea. Like, I was like, so I thought that was like interesting. Um, did you get that feeling at all? Or is that just me? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I was just more of, I was excited to see it and, um, have a little bit of hope, um, restored. Right. I think the second trailer will give me a better sense as to what we're going to see, but I'd heard rumors that it's basically an adventure movie. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I, I love those type of movies. I love those type of video games. Witcher three is one of my favorite video games. If you've never played Witcher three, everybody go buy that game. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think it looks cool. I just, and it, and it really is just a teaser trailer. It's not a real trailer to give you any real substance. It's like, Hey, let's piece together a couple really cool cinematic shots and throw in the, the big kicker surprise at the end with the, the, the laugh, um, which I know that's supposed to be Palpatine, but it sounded really close to a Mark Hamill Joker laugh. Did you hear that at all? Or was that just me? No, I got, I got Palpatine. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just I know I know Hamill's in the movie, so my head immediately goes, okay, let's see what the Joker's doing now. Uh, <laughs> the um okay, so that's that's really the only trailer discussion I had. Um I'm looking forward to the movie. Um probably something I'll see a couple weeks after it opens. I won't go opening day. Is this an opening day type movie for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially because I think this was the movie to really get me into sci-fi and space travel and, and really, um, it was, I want to say that this was my first movie outside of cartoon X-Men and Ninja Turtles and Transformers and the like. I want to say that this, um, you know, four, five, and six were my first dabble into space sci-fi so yeah this one this one has always been opening night for me and uh, i don't see any reason why the end of the saga would be any different i totally understand and i respect that also and i don't know if you saw this they disney did say that they are going to star wars on a hiatus once episode nine comes out 
which, which is I, smart. It's which smart. Is, they, they've it, got it, enough stuff projects as it is that uh, give a chance for the property to cool off a bit and uh, come back you know with with full steam ahead especially since this is covering so many generations yes. give it a chance to cool off and then get that excitement rebuilt because right now i think there is mark hamill said it wonderfully that there is star wars fatigue and it's like okay every two years we're gonna have okay it's it's hard yep. to get excited whenever you know it's coming every two years whereas now you know it's like with the mcu and, and we'll talk about it here shortly i like the fact that after um after far from home we don't know what's coming up i mean i know we know that there's guardians three we know there's black panther and we know that there's going to be doctor strange 2 and captain marvel 2 but really right now we we don't have a timeline for what the next phase is going to really look like so it does build that excitement whereas you know before they were excited like oh yeah we're gonna have star wars every two years and we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and it's like oh if yeah. it's gonna be like the crap fest that was episode eight no but right. um so I, I i i applaud the decision and i support the decision but and they just they just bought out fox so they've got plenty of properties to work with and play with take a break and let people cool off from from star wars um so that would be it with news and trailer stuff. The crux of the story today is us giving our pre-reviews MCU ranking, and we're going to discuss when we do our MCU review. Um, I did, as I mentioned earlier, finally watch Ant-Man and Wasp, and I finally watched um, Captain Marvel. And I would agree with you. You had said a couple of weeks ago that I was probably more relevant that i watch ant-man and wasp than it is captain marvel before i saw endgame um and that's more than just the in-game credits that's i th or the in-game credits the after credits for ant-man and wasp because i can definitely tell that that's where they're going to be taking a lot of of from and i'm pretty sure that's gonna play a heavy role inside of endgame so um yeah i know i so i basically had my list already done and by the time I watched those two over the weekend, it was just me in plugging them into my current list. So you, on the other hand, actually had to sit down and make your list up. How hard was that for you? Um, I think, you know, like I said, I've, I've, I had this in my head, you know, where, where they fell, but then it was actually putting them to paper and then checking it against one another. It actually didn't take me that long. It was a lot simpler to, to go along. Um, and I'll, and I'll base my criteria on that here in a, here in a second. But, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident behind my list. I, I, I would be willing to argue all five of our listeners, um, with, with the list that, that I put together. Right. Okay. Um, and for some reason it did not, I'm going to say I got to refresh my list here. So what we're going to do is we're going to do there it goes. We're going to do um so there's 21 movies. Holy shit, there's a lot of movies. Um we're not going to touch on every movie. But um I want to do your I'm not going to say your 21 through 12. Um and I'll let you pick or choose two or three movies if you want to comment on them. Um and then I'll do my 21 through 12. And then we'll swap back again and let you do 11 to 1 and my 11 to 1, and we'll highlight a couple of movies on that too. Does that work? Yeah, yeah, that works for me. Actually, um, right. what I'm going to start with, because I, whenever I looked at my list here, I really could see the definitive, the cream of the crop, as the macho man would say, you know, the, the cream of the crop rises to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a really bad Randy macho man savage impression, by the way. Oh, yeah. 
There you go. There you go. That's that's much better. <laughs> um, so I, I obviously had my top spot and then my middle. That's I mean, my middle part was really kind of like, OK, these are all interchangeable because to me, they're all equal um, and not one is superseding over the other. Like you, you have to have these in order to have the top. And then the, the, my bottom and my bottom part is really 21 through 16. These these six movies, um, these were just crap like these you could cut out of the MCU and I think you would still be OK. Like if you're someone who has had a year to watch MCU movies, you could cut these six movies out and you would be entirely OK. OK. Okay. Do you want to do those six first then? Or those? Yeah. 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 So, and what's okay. funny about this is, is I look at this and the, two, two of the, what, five, six original Avengers are in this or are in the bottom of this. Uh, coming in at number 21 was Iron Man 3. That one was just, there's nothing that stands out about it. There's nothing that adds to the MCU. It's just there. Um, Thor the dark world came in at number 20 for me because again outside of the reality stone nothing significant happens in that other than loki dies but then comes back but uh his mom dies so that that was somewhat i mean as a mama's boy that did tug at my heartstrings but still nothing significant added the incredible hulk the dude doesn't even play the hulk anymore <laughs> that doesn't freaking count <laughs> only thing that counts is the, 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 the last 30 seconds of the damn film where Tony Stark shows up. That's yep. it. Yep. Everything else you can forget about this movie. <laughs> All right. So I hated that one. And why is it any, why is it not near the bottom? Because it's an origin story. So you kind of have to have it in there, Right. but really Edward Norton. I mean, th th this is one of those where if, you have a girlfriend or wife that's getting into the MCU. You're going to have to spend three hours explaining a 90 minute movie as to why Edward Norton is no longer the incredible Hulk, but yet Mark Ruffalo is, it just makes no sense. It makes my job difficult. Uh, then coming in at number 18 was Thor. It, it was an okay origin movie. You know, it, I, what I love seeing here is you go from Thor in the origin movie, jumping up to Ragnarok and you really see the growth of the character and the story this this is a great um you know it, it it's it's great for that purpose only again doesn't uh, asgard does play a big factor into the mcu so that's why it's moved up because we we do get more of the infinity stone we do get more of that universe we start to see it expand but it's it's not solid this movie has not aged well uh coming in at number 17 was iron man 2 I wanted to love this movie because you had uh Warhammer, you you get to see more of Iron Man after the success of Iron Man 1. I really wanted to love this movie, but I think it gets hurt and hampered because this was the year that the writer strike took place and you could really see the effects that it had in this. And then uh rounding out real quick here was Age of Ultron for me. This is again just the bottom crap list because these movies really don't serve a place in the MC or, you know, really pivotal part in the MCU as, as a whole. Um, and with that in mind, cause that's the way I'm looking at it is 21 movies, the, the sum of the whole parts. I was grossly disappointed with age of Ultron to me outside of uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet, Witch, 
it's there. It it doesn't really serve much purpose to that. So with that being said, um, I could go without Age of Ultron and I would be okay with it. Or I guess it, you know, it does establish a vision as well. But again, those three characters, you could find an easy way to introduce and be like, oh, hey, yeah, we found this dude in a capsule and he's got an Infinity Stone. So anyways, um, so those are my bottom six. These were the six that I were, you know, I I don't, I think I only actually truly own one of, nah, yeah, I only own one of them. I only own one of these movies. I owned them all at one time, but these six movies, I was okay with getting rid of and getting only 50 cents back over at vintage stock. Okay. So I've got two, two things. First of all, um, do you remember, I don't know if you even remember, what was your thought of them um, swapping out uh, Terrence Howard for Don Cheadle when you first heard they were going to do that? Oh, I was grossly disappointed because I love Terrence Howard. I thought he, he did a solid job. Now, now going back and looking at it and it's the same thing with, with, um, with Edward Norton and Mark Ruffalo, I can't see, anyone else playing that character right um and you know part of the thing with that too is in the first two hulk movies they did hulk never looks like the person never looks like banner not one bit but the way they the way they do it with ruffalo it is it's still ruffalo's face turned into the hulk and you can really tell that um the second thing very interesting of all six of those movies i only had one different really Yep, only one of them is different. And and that changed, I would say, after I watched Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, so my my number 21 and 20 are the same as yours. I there's nothing I so I, I embroidered some hats for a buddy of mine and I took him to him over the weekend and he asked me which Iron Man was my favorite movie. His son is a huge Iron Man fan. And I said or he asked me what my least favorite MCU movie was. And I said, it was Iron Man three. It's just, it's, it's, there's nothing I really like about it. And it was boring and it wasn't even really about Iron Man. It was more about the kid. That's just, I found more interesting about the kid than I did Tony Stark or anything else going on. And his son says, the only good thing about Iron Man three is the part of the movie where all the suits fly in and are like all there at once. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. I agree with that. So, um, well, and then, yeah. then think of this too. They they injected Pepper Potts with this poison thing, whatever that makes her glow, which makes her the worst cuddling buddy buddy ever now because you don't know whether she's going to burn you or burn the house down. Right. Um, they, they they after that, there's nothing that explains it. The how she got cured or what the hell happened to it. It's like, oh yeah, hey, we're gonna sort of kill you, but uh, guess what? Like you're now magically healed. Yay! Yeah. Um. So yeah, and the number twenty for me was. Uh, Thor Dark World I really just it, it bored me um I did I, I mean I saw it in theaters I liked it but I mean enough but I was like this could have been way better um I actually had Thor at 19 um because that whole movie I just I, I think I think you're right that is a movie that you don't actually need in the MCU at all I'm like you can explain Thor in so many other ways throughout everything and it not need to be a part of anything at all um I just, I felt like they could have done, they could have done and Thor needed to have a better origin story than the way they showed it. And I just, I was super frustrated with it. And um, by the time it was over, I was like, thank God. I just, I, cause it wasn't like, everybody has expectations for what they want for something. And that was not what I wanted for a Thor um, origin story at all. Um, And then I had the incredible Hulk at number 18, mostly because I do like Edward Norton as an actor, even though I've heard he's a pain in the ass to deal with. Um, but, you know, 
that was about it because I'm an Edward Norton fan. I think it's the only reason it got bumped up to number 18 from uh, 19 or 20. Um, now this is, this is where I'm going to start pissing people off. Um, and this is going to be our one difference in terms of the bottom six. Number 17, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, you're wrong. I, you know, I have this, I have this discussion all the time. To me, it tried too damn hard. It took everything that was great about the first one and just tried to shove more of it down my throat. And I was so bored halfway through the movie. Like I, my wife and I paused the movie because I didn't see it in theaters. I didn't get to see it until it was at home. And I just, we stopped watching for a couple hours. And then I was like, hey, we'll just finish this tomorrow night. And we just finished it the next night. The only thing I liked about the whole movie and like really got into was the opening sequence, basically any scene that baby Groot was in. Other than that, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. It just, I felt, I just felt like they tried way too hard to make that. As and it's good. okay to be wrong sometimes. I mean, that's the reason why we have this podcast. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and it's okay for me to think that you, you're wrong too. But whatever. Well, I mean, okay. Now, now you're just now you're splitting hairs. Um, and, and number, <laughs> at number sixteen, I have Iron Man two because I liked Iron Man two enough. Um, I like Mickey Rourke. Um, I I I wanted it was kind of like the with Thor's origin. I wanted more from it. I felt it had more potential. Um, I think making two villains kind of hurt it. I would have rather had. Um, I don't know. I, I would have. I Here's the thing. I wanted the damn Mandarin to have a movie. Just all on his own. I would have rather had that than anything in this movie. Right. But um, yeah, I just, I couldn't. I, I enjoy, like I said, I liked Iron Man. I liked, I liked, it, it was hard for me to get into the fact that they changed it to John Don Cheadle, but I did like Don Cheadle. Um, I liked the banner between the two. And I want to say that, the the relationship between him and Rhodey is what made the movie something that I liked. And on top of that, I want to say it's the closest I also got to getting overly drunken alcoholic Tony Stark, which I've always wanted a storyline of. Um, but yeah, it was meh. I mean, it yeah, was. It and was, and it I was, think someone brought up a great point that this was the time where Disney started to take over more on the Marvel side. So the chances of us seeing a, a full-blown alcoholic Tony Stark, this this is probably as close as we're ever going to get that that playboy alcoholic wild man side. So and, and with that in mind, and again, I truly believe the writer strike played a big factor into hurting this, the production of this. Um, you know, you, you kind of do have to put a little asterisk by it. So, all right. Well, that's my bottom six. Um, you're you're back up. Go till you want to go. All right. So I figure uh, because for me, this is uh, number six through number 15. So this is the middle of it where these these movies told some really great stories and they all have something that stands out about them that not only are they solid movies on their own, but they contribute to the MCU to where you have to watch these movies uh, to to get a better understanding of the whole universe. Um and, and these are movies too that are fairly recent. You know, we we crapped all over um, Thor and Iron Man Two, Incredible Hulk. You know, th- these were movies that they just they have not aged well at all. So whenever you go back and watch these, you're like, oh, you cringe. But these movies here, they are. 
gosh, there's some they 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 go around, they they move around, and um, they're almost interchangeable. I mean, you could take number six and move it to fifteen and still have just a solid. I mean, we're we're talking about just finite details that really splits them and probably for me it just depends on what you know the mood that i wake up as to where i want this to fall into so number 15 was uh dr strange we get to the see the uh time stone in action that obviously plays a big factor into not only this movie but the mcu and we saw benedict cumberbach as dr strange come to life the movie you know it was there it was, as an origin movie it was just kind of yeah but it does contribute heavy to the MCU. Ant-Man and the Wasp comes in next for me at number 14. I really like this one. And, and I, the only reason it's not higher for me is because I think, it, to me, it's the same issues that you have with Ga Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in that it tried too hard. It tried too hard. Um, it took everything that was great about the first one and then tried to replicate it through. But again, the quantum realm will play a big factor, I feel, going into Endgame. So that is why, uh, you know, it, it, this to me is, is into that middle pack there. Coming in at number uh, 13 was Ant-Man. This was a movie that I didn't see until years later because it doesn't play a big factor into the MCU. Obviously not until Ant-Man and the Wasp, but... It was, I thought, a fresh way, a fresh origin story. And I was pleasantly surprised. I went in with very low expectations. Paul Rudd was better than I anticipated. Uh, Michael Douglas worked. The whole story just worked. And it was very entertaining. It was. It felt fresh. I really enjoyed it. Um, coming in at number 12 for me was Captain America, the first Avenger. I'll be honest. Whenever I saw, uh, you know, whenever we got wind that they're going to build this MCU, I thought Captain America would be the weakest of the origin stories and come to find out he's actually had some of the stronger movies. Two out of the three have been solid hits for, um, for the, the trilogies there. This one just does not age very well, but obviously uh, we get the Tesseract. We get the startup of shield. We get to see Howard Stark. There, there's just a lot that's important here. So that weighs heavy into my ranking there captain marvel is next at number 11 just a solid fun film all around doesn't really play a big factor into the mcu but the character herself will obviously play a big role coming up into Endgame, um and, and i think she's going to play a big key into the expansion of the mcu once we finish out what they are calling the infinity saga so um and, and plus it's our first true heroine we we get to see a, a female lead go out there and kick butt and uh, really do a great job there. And I don't want to take anything away from Scarlett Johansson with the Black Widow or the Wasp because those were great characters. And, and I think they could hold their own as is. But this was the first time we really saw a female lead. Uh, number 10, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I really love this one. This one was just a fun, um, a lot of different stories going on in there between... Uh, finding your uh, father, you know, trying to relate to a sibling, baby Groot, who didn't love baby Groot. I mean, I think everyone wanted to do adopt a little baby Groot. It's kind of like whenever 101 Dalmatians came out. And they had all those. Everybody but, wanted uh, one. That being said, this one, 
I really loved it. I love that they went back to the well on this. You're right. It wasn't as solid as the first one. To me, they didn't try as hard, but it definitely lost some of that magic in there. Number nine, Winter Soldier. I'm probably going to get the most hate for this one. I didn't really love it, but I liked what they were doing there. And, um, and, hey, and so, yeah, pretty solid film. Yeah. It holds out on its own. Doesn't contribute to the MCU. Uh, it's kind of more of a transition film because it explains hydra and the fall of shield and all of that uh number this, this is where eight, i get to tell you you're six, wrong i'm going with ragnarok because we finally see thor come into his own and have a very solid film along with the incredible hulk uh this one uh, plays a massive factor into the mcu because you um now spoiler alert asgard falls we see Thanos and his crew finally decide to take matters into their own hands. We see Dr. Strange work into it. This was an ensemble film where you really start to see the, the uh, MCU start to, to work together without a massive collaboration, but yet with the center focus star uh, number seven, Spider-Man, how many times can poor uncle Ben die? Apparently one more fresh take because this was blown away. Just kind of like with, with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, it was such a great retelling and it stands on its own. It was a fresh take, interjecting into the MCU. Uh, overall, fun film, and really, really enjoyed it because not only that, you get to see how the city is reacting to these alien attacks. We hadn't really seen that before. We hadn't seen that before. You're like, oh, yeah, well, half of Metropolis got destroyed. So anyways, uh, everything's rebuilt now. You know, we, we got that finally and we could see how there's consequences to the hero's actions. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, because that was, again, just a fresh, bold take incorporating the music. We have these characters, the uh, band of misfits, everyone thrown in there coming at number six. So all these movies, though, from from what, what was it, 16, I think. Yeah, 16 to six. They can all be interchangeable very easily. And but yet they all play a, a critical stage in the MCU. I I agree. It, it's like 16 through six. They're all decent movies, but yeah, they can all be, they're always in flux. And I think it's all going to be dependent on mood. Um, and, and it was my turn. I didn't know if you heard me say it, it was my turn to tell you you're wrong. Winter soldier is way better than where you, <laughs> but um, uh, which I believe is 16. Did you not say you had age of Ultron? uh da, 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 da. let me go back and check let me go down here yes uh yeah 16 okay. was age of ultron okay so uh, we had a lot of similar movies and we even had one movie in the exact same spot um and and, and you know part of these lists is something like we talked about last week and when when we when, when we discuss movies and how they rank to us a lot of it goes into um our attachment to the characters involved um, we talked about that last week, how I, I had Spider-Man above you in terms of in-game and Spider-Man. A lot of that had to do with the attachments that I have to Spider-Man. Um, but I agree with you, basically 16 through six are really all just can all be interchanged. Although I think I'm going to hold my number six is six. I'll say 16 through seven. Um, so my 16 was Iron Man 2. I, uh, number 15, I have Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, so I my 15 and 14 kept swapping um where you had age of ultron at at 16 um i had it at 15 and then i watched ant-man and wasp and then it kind of kept going back and forth between which i liked more um i i enjoy paul rudd um there, there's not many things he does that i don't like and i like the i love the playfulness of the ant-man movies and so i it, it 
it really hit me. I really had fun watching it. It was we watched it with my my <laughs> my my oldest came in late halfway through watching it. it. Was like, what are you watching? And then all of a sudden was like, what is happening? And it was during the the chase scene where um, they're chasing Ant Man or Am. I guess I guess also spoilers here. Um, it's after they've. I, I, the, it's it's when the he becomes kind of big and starts using the truck as a roller skate. Yes, she yes, yes. She starts shooting at things and making them smaller and jump through. And um, so my kids really only watched like the last 30 minutes of the movie, but it was fun watching them get into it. And I like the playfulness of the Ant-Man movies. So number 14 for me was Age of Ultron. Um, I just, they they say what you want. Marvel, the, the Avengers movies have done, and, and, I'm, and I'm also going to throw Civil War into that comment. They're really good at making everybody team up and, it come across cohesively and not like anybody is the starring show over one person or the other. Um, oh, and I, I, I loved age of Ultron's and the way they work together and all their moments of interacting with each other. Um, I, I think the ending was a bit absurd, but I also think the addition of Quicksilver um, visions origin and the, um, uh, not only Quicksilver, uh, Scarlet Witch. Those three, those three, and how much I enjoyed how they included them in to the story. I think bumped it up a little higher for me than most people. Um, plus, it's I just love the team up aspect of it. Um, I had Doctor Strange at thirteen. I really enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I would. I love uh, Cumberbatch. I just didn't think I was going to care for the movie, and it, it ended. And, and when it ended, I my wife and I had the same agreement that was a solid origin story. Like just, it, it was what it was. Um, and I think, I think because my expectations were a little bit lower, I enjoyed it probably a little bit more than some people. So I, it kind of sits there in the middle. Now, number, tw number 12 for me is the exact opposite. I fed into the hype way too goddamn much of Thor Ragnarok. And I had, my mind was going to be like, this movie was going to be like top five, movie for me for marvel um because i wanted the hulk i liked all the hulk thor um banter back and forth i liked jeff goldblum i liked um my brain shut off at the woman that plays the, the the main bad guy i liked all the actors i loved everything that was involved i overhyped this movie for myself that by the time it was done i was okay it was fun. It was it was a good movie, but it wasn't what I thought. And what is it what I wanted? And it is my own fault. And that's why I've tried to learn to it's one of the one of the movies that kind of make me try to hinder my hype for a movie because I let all the rave reviews for Thor Ragnarok push me into thinking it was gonna be way better than it actually was. And maybe had I not done that, it'd be a little higher up on the list because it would have hit more of expectations. But it's just, I think that hindered it. Um, I also have Captain Marvel at number 11. I really enjoyed it. I love Brie Larson. I love the, I loved the uh, way they told the story of um, her trying to figure out who she is. Uh, I think if, if I'd have had, if I had a daughter, I think she would have just been head over heels for this movie. Um, the same friend that I was talking about the Iron Man movie said that uh, his daughter just loved Captain Marvel. He'd, he'd gotten to take his son to all these, these um, superhero movies because his daughter never wanted to go to any of them, but she wanted to go see Captain Marvel. And when they went to Captain Marvel, he said it was so cool getting to watch her just glow and beam from the movie because this was a superhero movie and this was her, like she loves the Marvel stuff too, but this was her superhero 
And I think it was really cool. I, I always love that the way that kind of effect that any form of media can have on a person. I'm, I'm a big person where mood music affects me a lot. And mm-hmm. um, I, I can tend to fall into any type of, I listen to literally everything. So I can, I can really get grasp that. And so watching him, hearing him talk about his daughter, liking it so much kind of even made me smile more and made me enjoy the movie a little bit more. I think 11 is a good spot for it. It's a really good origin story and it sets up perfectly for what's going on with the rest of Endgame and everything else. Um, I had Ant-Man at number 10. And again, this goes into preferences. I really like Paul Rudd and that movie was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Like I thought, like as much as I thought I wasn't going to like Dr. Strange when, um, when crap, the guy that was set to direct Ant-Man Edgar Wright, when Edgar Wright dropped out of the movie, I lost all hope for the movie. I was like, Nope, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't think it's going to be very good. I don't like it. I don't like what they're doing. Um, because I'm just a huge Edgar Wright fan. And so by the time I got to see it, me and my wife, it was kind of a date night movie. We just rented it and watched it when the kids were asleep. We had a lot of fun with it. We, I laughed more than I thought I would. I thought they did great. And I'm sure my love of Paul Rudd fell into that too. But yeah, um, number nine for me is Captain America. Now, I will tell you the reason I have this higher also kind of goes into, I think, circumstance. Um, I am also a huge Captain America fan. It's one of my top three or four Uh, mcu characters or marvel characters in general um i got to see this movie a week before it opened at san diego comic-con in a room full of nothing but diehard comic book fans and while i have watched it since then i think that plays heavily into my opinion of it my love for the character and just everything surrounding the way i first saw it and knowing that I, i was like it has to be good and it didn't suck um, I don't think it was as good as it could have been. I think there was way more potential there for it, but I just, I think there was a lot of circumstance that went into it, but I do like it. And I, again, my feelings on Captain America as a character played into that. Um, Iron Man is number eight for me. Um, there was the first, I want to say Iron Man is the first time I went and saw a movie in theaters more than once. And I saw freaking Iron Man four or five times, if not more in the movie theater in the opening weekend, I saw it three times. And then I made and took other people to go see it. Um, and But having said that, on re-watching it several times, because it, it, it was top five for me, kind of knocked down the list. Be, and then once other movies start coming out. But um, because Iron Man has always been a B-level Marvel character for me. Um, I've just never liked Tony Stark. And he's just kind of just been a thing. So like when Marvel announced they were going to do the MCU... And started, they were starting with Iron Man and everything else. I was like, oh, Iron Man? I just don't know about that. Um, but they did it. They pulled it off really well. I liked the story. I watched it recently with my son. He liked it. Uh, we talked about it a little bit afterwards. So, And Robert Downey Jr., I can't see anybody else playing Iron Man now. So um, number seven for me was the first Avengers movie. Uh, I I thought this movie was just going to be absolutely like, I didn't think it could work. I didn't think logistically it could work. There are too many big egos in terms of Hollywood superstars. There's too many characters involved that need to have share screen time in of itself to tell a good story, not to mention of Hollywood movie stars going, I need screen time. Um, But they pulled it off and they pulled it off great and it worked wonderfully. And it's just the reason it's, 
where it's at on my list is because of my love of the movies above it, um, particularly a character. But it, it's, I don't know. It's just like, for whatever reason, it's just, it's not, it's down a little bit further for me, but it was still a really good movie. Um, and number five or number six for me is Black Panther. I, for, for me, Black Panther is probably the best origin story, even though it's not really an origin because he was in civil war. Um, but in terms of his world, um, when I left civil war, the first thing I said to a buddy of mine was I need a Black Panther origin movie, or I need his solo film because I loved him in civil war it was one of my favorite characters in the movie so when uh i just i loved there wasn't much i disliked about black panther most of it was all nitpicking but i just i loved black panther and again the only reason it's not in my top five is probably because of character a a character or two that pushed it out so um yeah that's that's my that's my 16 through 6 and like you said i think really depending on move you could probably just change those like throw those and just do whatever because they're all integral they all have a key part not of any of them are really bad movies they're just they're just good marvel movies that are good to watch no i i i agree you've got a very solid list there and um the fact that you know ours are very close there um i think goes to show that that we are in agreement. we've got a lot uh, that we agree on, but also just enough of a difference for, um, for, for in our own personal taste, but reasons as well that uh, makes these this this tough to do for just anyone. And and like I said, I'm I'm confident enough, and you know I was joking about about you being wrong, um, but I'm confident enough, and 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 that's why I love doing this podcast with you because you're confident enough that we could sit here and we could banter back and forth for all 21 movies and and justify our positioning for each of these movies where they fall in there. Yep. So what you got? What's your top five, Zol? All right. So here we go. Um, we're going top five. I'm going with number five. Now, these ones, you let's say you decided, oh, hey, I want to go see Endgame. What movies can I go see? To me, these are the films that you have to, have to, have to go see. These are the best of the best. These are the ones that best set up the whole universe as an all. And um, not only that, but they have done a great job of just being really fun movies overall. So first, number five is The Avengers. Um, same thing. I was excited when we started to see this all work together, but I, the, the goosebumps, the, the shivers up my spine that I got seeing all these superheroes together for the first time. I mean, really a group of superheroes like this on the big screen for the first time ever was truly a moment for us as as uh, comic book and superhero nerds it was the dc marvel it doesn't matter your affiliation it was cool to see this actually pulled off the story was great um we we were introduced to some characters that we didn't quite know of but yet we still were invested into them and this movie, this is a movie that has aged still very well. You go back and watch it, and it's just to me, it's just as entertaining as um, the first time that I saw it. So I feel very confident putting the first Avengers movie at number five. Number four, Black Panther. I, I was the exact same way. Whenever I saw Civil War, I knew I needed a Black Panther movie because this was 
just he he stole the film for me. He stole Cap or uh, Civil War because I wanted more of it. I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more about Wakanda. I wanted to know more about their traditions and how he got the superpowers and things like that. So to me, um, Black Panther was an all around great movie. It, perhaps uh, one of the first films to have a solid movie soundtrack. And, and again, going back to it with Captain Marvel, a, a I want to be careful on how I say this because I don't want to inadvertently tick anyone off, but how many, how many African-American superheroes do little boys of that ethnicity have someone to look up to? For the first time, you know, I saw my friend Bryce, my friend Bryce, he has three sons now and, and two sons. And, and he, he, and he was first to say, he goes, finally, you know, my boys have a superhero that they can see that they resemble that, that they can relate to, that they can go to the stores and they can look up and see little figurines of, of matching that their skin color. And so there was part of that in there. Um, and, but overall, even if you take the skin color out of it, it's a fun movie it is a passionate movie with a solid soundtrack and um, whether it's a part of the mcu or not it stands on its own number three for me iron man i'm gonna I, because i know we're running long here but i want to just touch real quick here this is the movie that started it all this is the movie that showed that it can be done this is the movie that to me it has aged terrifically you go back and rewatch it now sure there are some parts that you know the graphics are like oh, okay but Overall, it is still a solid movie. Story-wise, pacing, graphics, uh, acting, just uh, this sets the tone for it all. Uh, Civil War. Absolutely love Civil War because this is where we really start to see the MCU um, show its strength. It is a terrific movie. The Russo brothers, obviously off the heels of, of Winter Soldier, they have finally um, figured out how to make the pacing work, but now it was, okay, we're going to take Avengers and we're going to step it up by having, I think, what did they say? Like 13 or so different characters, uh, yeah. total, total superheroes in here. And we're going to throw them all together and let's see how they all play with one another. And we really saw them uh, accomplish that. And yeah, I think it was one of the longer movies before infinity war, but yet it was the most entertaining to me. Because not only do, do we now have characters that we are emotionally invested in, but we were emotionally invested into the story. The The score underneath it was wonderfully done. Even without, I, and I want to say this because I want to be careful saying this because it, it's tricky to do this. But I want to say that even had we not had the movies that we did to get invested into these characters, that this is still a solid film all on its own. Um you know, probably would need a little bit more to understand some backstory here. But overall, this is a solid movie that doesn't need a whole lot of support. And we get to see everyone playing in the same playground with one another. And of course, number one for me is Infinity War, because so now we went from 22, 13, 22 characters to now 70. And we're taking all these different storylines. We're taking all these different settings. We're taking all these different backgrounds and we're going to go the one thing. And I've said this time and time again, you can go back into the archives and re-listen to me. Infinity war did not feel like a two and a half hour movie. To me, it felt like a 90 minute movie. The pacing was there. They, there was very little need for backstory because at this point we've had at least 
uh, one movie each for all the characters outside of the baddies, but everyone else that was a major player, we've, we've been emotionally invested into them now for eight years, nine years up until that point. And to me, and I'm just going to be a spoiler alert here, but to me, this is the best superhero movie ever made because of, I mean, it was literally like it jumped off the paper onto the screen and it had the action. It had the imagination. It had the soundtrack. It had the dialogue. It, it had everything that, that you would could possibly want as a superhero uh, fan. And then that surprise ending where, Oh, Hey, by the way, the bad guy wins, you know, we're now, now we're almost a year out. It's like, okay, well, how's this going to end? We got to know. It's like waiting for that next issue to come out. So I feel very solid with my top five because um, it shows it showed the big risk, the reward to this point, and also how these movies do stand on its own. And these are just, again, some of the best of the best. I, I agree. I and, and this is where this is so subjective because I love all five of those movies. So it's like you... I, your top five is golden to me. It makes sense to me, um, even though you don't have Winter Soldier up there. But, you know, Steve Zero. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, no. So my number five, and this, so this is where I talk about earlier, where I was talking about how emotional attachments to characters affect the this list for me. Um, so number five for me is Spider-Man Homecoming. There was, it's like, Tobey Maguire was the perfect, out of, was the perfect Peter Parker. And then Andrew Garfield was the perfect Spider-Man. And there needed to be like a perfect mix between the two. And I really like Tom Holland. He's, he is, he looks the part, he sounds the part. He does a great job at, at being Spider-Man. Um, you, you, they set up the potential for Miles Morales in the universe. They set up the, they set up the potential for, um, which, which also, Secret Six because of the Miles Morales, uh, the Prowler Association. Um, they just, there's so much that they can do with Spider-Man that I think is, that that adds to the MCU that I, th I just, everything about it, I just loved. And I think it was partly because, like I said, my emotional attachment to the character as a whole. Um, so that, that guy, that's why I think that's why that's at number five guardians of the galaxy for me is my number four. And it's mostly because it was when you tell me that Thor is going to be from space, when you're not sticking to the, the Norse God type of the mythology and that he's, a, he's an alien guardians of the galaxy is what I think I wanted Thor to be. If you're telling me he's an alien, give me, give me an origin story that all completely takes place this way. And I think I just didn't think Thor did it good enough. And Guardians of the Galaxy was a lot of fun. Um, it, it just it had the great a great mix of sci-fi action mixed with humor, and the characters were hilarious. And I loved each characters. I was I didn't really know much about Rocket or um, Groot or really any of the characters until this movie. And this introduced me to a whole bunch of characters who I then went through and read a couple comics because I need to know a little bit more of this. Also characters who, while playing Lego Marvel superheroes, I came across and was like, I don't know who this is. So it was really cool to have the context added with it. Um, number three, so three through one for me are always flipping and flopping. Until Infinity War, my three and one were the same. Obviously, I think I just gave away where Infinity War was. But number three for me is Civil War. And it's everything you said 
and then some because it's the introduction of spider-man into the mcu um i i a lot of people say it felt shoehorned it could have been done without it kind of screwed with the pacing i'll give you that i don't care it was cool to see spider-man first interaction with all of these huge mcu characters be a confrontational one it was it was really cool to see him have to wage kind of a war with like he knows he's fighting good guys but he's doing what he's told because it's tony stark and oh my god everybody loves tony stark um on top of that it's i love what the russo brothers do i love cap i love i loved winter soldier so much and the dynamic between Cap and Tony and the 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 head budding between the two, I just I loved it. I I had a side. I was I was team Cap. And like from the moment, like I didn't even need to see the movie to tell everybody I knew I was gonna end up being team Cap. But the movie came out and I was like hundred percent and I went like I did that whole rabbit hole of marketing. I I got into their marketing for that movie and I pimped it as much as I could. I just was enthralled with it i knew where it was because i loved the comic story in um, civil war and i knew they were going to need to make changes i was okay with whatever changes they were made as soon as they announced the spider-man was going to be in it i was like okay i'm missing the mutant x-men aspect of it but i'll go with it let's do it um and i thought they nailed it um and again just like the first avengers they had to deal with a lot of screen time with a lot of characters and they were able to pull it off um and infinity war is my number two for the same reason i mean like you said it never felt like it was a two and a half hour movie that movie ended and i not once did i ever feel bored in that movie not once did i ever feel like this could move along a little bit or worry about what was going to happen next i was thoroughly interested in to see where it went each step of the way and like the whole bad guy in the bad guy wins at the end like i love that like no that never happens give me that and then they did and i loved it um there there's pretty much nothing bad i can say about avengers infinity war it's it is probably the perfect team-up movie sans endgame so i don't know i i think they just the russos nailed every aspect of that movie from start to finish i wouldn't quite go as far as say it's probably the best comic book movie ever made or superhero movie ever made but i will say it's definitely top five maybe top three for me it's just an amazing movie um and then number one for me and there's so number one for me is winter soldier and there's a lot of reasons why winter soldier is number one for me part of part of the things i love about comic book movies is they don't have to be superhero guys flying things blowing up like guardians of the galaxy is a sci-fi movie um winter soldier is an espionage movie you know um iron man kind of a sci-fi movie um they can but there's like brent over at the suicide squad cast network um two podcasts i highly or an entire network of podcasts i suggest you listen to um uh, he also does fans without borders and i think that's what he did on he did a venn diagram of all the overlapping types of movies that encompass um superhero movies and it's like one of the reasons i can't wait for them to do a trench movie because it could be an amazing horror movie it doesn't have to be a superhero movie um and i really like high suspense espionage jason Bourne type movies and that's what winter soldier was for me and the relationship between cap and bucky 
And it just, it was what I wanted. And it was the type of story I wanted. And it kind of broke up the monotony of everything else that is a superhero movie. And it was, it was, it, it, and it did way better than what I was anticipating um, or what I wanted from Captain America. And I got pretty much what I wanted out of Captain America. So I just, I, and it, again, my love of the character of Captain America plays a heavy part in this. Um, I just, I just thought it was a great, perfect movie and it, it didn't fit the mold of every other superhero movie that had been released to this point. Cause it was more of a, just an espionage suspense movie with a guy that just has, you know, superpowers and it's not even like you don't even have to write it up his superpowers this dude was super with um strength serum that makes himself powerful like you don't even have to say it's superpowers you can write this all you could take away the shield take away his name as captain america or any reference to the mcu in this whole movie and you could just sell this as a great suspense espionage movie and like that mixed with the fact that it was part of a huge comic book franchise and a character that I love, it just blew it out of the water for me. And um, I think that was really what cemented, well, no, between it and Civil War really cemented the Russo brothers for me in what they do as, as, as directors and writers. So that's my top five. Yeah, this has been actually a really fun episode. And I think, uh, you know, you, you can hear the passion that we have for our list and these movies and these characters and the stories that, um, you know, as we continue to move on and, um, more that we get into this especially granule i didn't want to get too specific in in my movies because gosh I'm, there's there's going to be a lot that we're going to get passionate about in this but right i hope that our listeners do hear that uh you know we're we're gonna we're gonna agree and we're gonna cuss and discuss and <laughs> this this is gonna be fun this is the launching pad this is the, i think the iron man to this uh to this podcast um yes yes it is it's a very good point i like that um so we are going to watch all the MCU movies and we have a plan. Um, we are going to watch them in the, the official MCU chronological order. Um, the not, not release order. Um, and I think that I, I want to do that purely just so that I'd like to, like, so I know Captain Marvel is going to be weird because technically it's going to be the first one and it's, but at the same time, I think that'll be a cool way to see it. Like, I know it's not going to be the way they released it, but I think to see it events happen, even even though we know how it's going to play out in the end, I think it's going to be a cool way to watch like, oh my God. And then you're going to start noticing it'll be a good way to catch Easter eggs because there could be things in Captain Marvel that have references to all 21 movies 20 movies before it but maybe you didn't catch but then as you start watching one of the other movies later down the line you'll go holy crap i totally missed that that's a reference to something that happens in captain marvel so i think the chronological order is going to be a really fun way to experience it um did you would you agree with that statement yeah i really would um i mean every everything that you said there i don't know where I can <laughs> where I can head okay. into it. I just I, I just I kind of just rambled there. I just wanted to get that out. Um, but we are gonna so the plan for us watching MCU movies is we're gonna so our first set of movie reviews are gonna be after Infinity War releases. Um, but our first set of watching the MCU in review is we're gonna start in June, and the plan is to watch uh, one MCU movie in the chronological order. So the first one will be Captain America. 
with so we're gonna watch two we're gonna review two movies an episode we've already talked about this a little bit so but starting in june one of those movies will be an mcu movie um with two exceptions we will do that all the way through to except for two occasions uh there are two months where we if all goes according to plan we'll be putting out three episodes the third episode of that month will not have an mcu movie it'll allow us to do a couple others to get uh caught up on um and then there will be two episodes between now and when we finish it where we will do two mcu movies um instead of just one um so part of the reason for doing it this way is we should be done with the MCU in review by the time the next official MCU movie in the next phase that's not Spider-Man, because Spider-Man comes out later this year, but the next officially scheduled MCU movie is May of next year. So that should have us let us get through them and get all caught up and ready to go by the time the next real huge phase starts rolling out for the MCU movies. Um so yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that, especially since we're going to start with Captain Marvel, and I just watched Captain Marvel. Um, but it, it'd be cool to see it again. So because like I always, you watch a movie the first time, and it's you take it in and you try to process what it was. When it's it's the multiple viewings where you get to really enjoy it and nitpick it a little and see some of the things you missed. And seeing as I've only seen Captain Marvel once and I put it in an eleven. I'm interested to see what a, a repeat viewing does and it'll be a sooner rather than later type viewing so that's our current schedule for watching and reviewing um and ranking the mcu films um i will have up and i'll need zol to shoot me over his final list and i will have that up on the official um uh rsh project letterboxd account with both of our lists and our pre-show i guess our pre-watch review lists i'll have a list for me and a list for zol up on the account and the account is listed in all of our show notes that we post on the website and on all the uh podcast services which we are now officially this is the first episode we are on itunes Zol. i know our, i saw our, it was amazing after a little uh loving going to apple's right. way uh, they're like uh, oh hey you know what yeah we'll go and throw uh, you guys on there uh, apparently we just needed to to shoot apple a little love and make them go okay which i actually i told you i was thinking of ripping it off of the the thing and resubmitting it which i actually did that uh we, we recorded monday tuesday night i pulled it off and then resubmitted it tuesday night and it was approved by thursday morning so i was like god damn it whatever I'll take it. So, <laughs> we're, so, um, and and I have moved up our release schedule for uh, podcast. So this will go up Wednesday. Uh, it's currently Monday night, uh, four fifteen. It'll go up on the seventeenth. So uh, next week we are going to do, and it'll obviously be much shorter just because there isn't that many movies. We'll do our our pre rankings for the DCEU, and then that'll be our last show before Endgame comes out, and then. Are you up to doing an in-game review for that weekend? I'm kind of feeling like we we need to do one like that night, like a spoiler free, obviously spoiler free. Or I mean, I would be willing to go live. Well, and, remember, you know, I, I, I'm not on I'm a not. you know if uh, either on Twitter or Facebook or something because I did that with with uh, Infinity War, and I remember I just sat there like I sat there with my my jaw on the ground, and people are like, "What? What? 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 What?" And I'm just like, I. I I I I I mean, it literally was five minutes of right. just I, I I I didn't know how to describe it other than it was amazing. I don't know what I just saw, but you have to go see it. Was basically all I could get out. Okay, well, the only problem is that I have to wait till Saturday. So 
Okay. I say we do it um, maybe like a special Sunday. Oh, gosh, that's Easter. We'll figure something out. We can do it Saturday. No, Easter is next weekend. Or this weekend. Isn't Easter this weekend? Yeah, it is. Oh, no, we never. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we can do it. Never mind. Yeah. Let's do it Easter. We'll have have brunch. We'll have Easter brunch. You know, I'll I'll cook you eggs and bacon (laughs) while we're doing this live. Yeah. There we go. Um, So, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it because we'll do we'll do a live we'll do our review of uh, Infinity War on Sunday and I'll just post it. Sounds good. I'm I'm pumped. Um, so yeah, next episode DCEU rankings before we start reviews, and then the episode after that we'll do will be our review of um, Endgame. I almost said Infinity War, and then we'll start our official reviews. If you have suggestions for reviews, hit us up on Twitter at the RSH Project. Um, email us at the R or not at the yeah at the RSH project at gmail.com um, Facebook page uh, PNC network um, you can email or you could send me a message on Twitter at PSA Prez. Um, we'll see it just let us know give us suggestions for what movies um, I'll probably post a thing out on Twitter of some like a poll um, Zola and I'll maybe talk a little bit about some suggestions for our first movies i kind of i'm kind of throw this out here now this will be my first suggestion i kind of want to watch the first blade movie because i haven't watched blade in freaking forever oh my goodness this is gonna be fun right as like that's like all the movies i haven't watched in forever i'm getting a little excited about uh and a buddy of mine talks about it was we were joking about our favorite mcu movies or movies from last year he goes well the time my top three favorite movies are always gonna be blade one two and three <laughs> so well um yeah which made me go man i haven't seen a blade movie and i'm gonna say over 10 years i i really think it's been over 10 years since i've seen a blade movie so they'll throw that in the ring as my first suggestion for one of the first two movies we watch and review so zola it was great talking to you good going over this list we know where we stand a little bit and what to expect with uh, the rewatch when we started in june and i'm um, looking forward to infinity war in two or anyway in game in two weeks and uh, the dcu discussion next week where i'm sure to piss off everybody that listens to the podcast looking forward to it all right man you have a wonderful evening i'll see hey, you too